Hey everyone, welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast where I force my friends to watch a movie they've never seen, or they gently ask me to watch a movie that I've never seen. Gently. Yeah. I'm Lauren, and I'm Team Edward. <laughs> wow. I had to. I had to. I'm Eric. Yesterday was my birthday, and I'm enjoying some Crown XR. Mm, that sounds good. Yeah. I don't drink that, but it's good, though. Uh, and I'm Steven, and uh, I became an English major because Chris Nolan was one. So, uh, facts. I feel better now. <laughs> don't, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, Stephen is the one who has not seen Tenet. Facts. We showed it to him. We finished it, what, maybe 15, 20 minutes ago? Yeah. So, I guess to start things off, general or general takes. Just general quick. ideas? Yeah. Great Did film. you like it? Did oh, you it, love it? Did you what? It's a great film, like really well made. I mean, I yeah. expected nothing less, but like without getting into the details of the film, just really well thought out film, super put together. And I can tell like it felt like Nolan. Like I think I kept saying it to you like two or three times. It just felt like a Nolan movie. So that's a good thing for me. Yeah, apparently he started working on it in 2014. The I, script. Be- I believe it. Oh, yeah. He couldn't rectify uh, from what I read. Because I looked at because it's all on Wikipedia, my info. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's right there. But I remember when I read it a few months ago after I saw the movie, he he couldn't, he wanted it to be as, as scientifically accurate as possible. That, that makes sense. He, I mean, he did it with Interstellar too. He yes. got like top scientists for that one. He consulted with the same people. Of course he did. From Interstellar. Mm-hmm. He yeah. want, because he wanted it to, you know, he didn't want people to see it and be like, oh, this is nonsense. Oh, that's not how that works. Yeah, it's you a whole time like, travel conversation that always pops yes. up with films. Especially because, like, it became a thing to do time travel films the last two years. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But this was the second time you saw it, uh, Lauren. What did you think after seeing it? Was this, Did you see it the other two times that I saw no. it? No. Because I saw it three times. Let everyone know how many. Yeah, so you've seen it three times. I'm about to well, watch tomorrow. Four. I'm about to watch tomorrow. Oh, 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 oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you going to buy it? Like, yeah, it's, a buy so, movie. it's a buy movie. Spoiler alert, he is buying it. He is going to watch it again. <laughs> um, no, but tell us a little bit about why... Um, I mean, obviously, with the situation that happened in 2020, it really prevented a lot of people from seeing this movie. But, you know, even other Christopher Nolan fans. From all the teasing we got with the trailer, and you know, early in the year before everything happened... What really? What did you know? Because obviously oh. he hid kind of a lot. Yeah. It was a huge secret. Yeah, yeah. Well, like going into the film, like I knew about as much as everybody else, which was nothing. Like for being honest, mm-hmm. like I'll give Nolan credit. Like he's one of those people that can keep things under wraps really well, and that's hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Like everything gets leaked nowadays, so it's it's pretty cool. Um, the only thing I knew was you know the name of the film. I knew the cast that could either come out months ago. I even went out to see Lighthouse because of it. That's literally one of the reasons I watched Lighthouse, which which is a good move by the way. Yeah, uh, it wasn't the scariest thing. Like people make a forty two movies claim, out to be, eight twenty four yeah. movies out to be, but it was pretty alright. Mm-hmm. It looks uncomfortable. It, it's, yeah. it is very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good movie though. It's excellent. Good dialogue. Um, uh, and uh, and I was also excited. You know, Pattinson got the Batman announcement too, so mm-hmm. that was pretty neat. But like yeah. as far as what I knew about it, just what little everyone else doing, and I also knew that. The film name was a palindrome. Because uh, yeah. I, I teach English, so naturally I knew that as well. That's <laughs> not the most Englishy thing. And for those, I guess, who don't know, it's basically like when a, a word, phrase, sequence, 
it's back and forth at the same time, which is mm-hmm. pretty awesome. And I guess right away, like first takes, my first question is, what the hell is Nolan going to do? Um, and like I just mentioned earlier, he does have an English degree, so it's kind of cool. I was like, hmm, he's falling to his bag of tricks for this one. <laughs> uh, and so I thought maybe, I guess going into it, I guess thought the film would end around the same time that it began. Right. Okay. That yeah. was my well. initial take with just well, before even seeing the film. That's where I thought it was going to go in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, which wouldn't be out of ordinary for Nolan because we've all seen, like, he likes to play with this. We've seen Memento, if you yeah. have seen it. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. same concept to a certain degree with some of the elements of time and even Inception. So, uh, you know, fun. I actually still I use Memento, the actual short story, Memento Mori, to teach English. Oh, really? Yeah, I've done it like <laughs> three times. That's freaking awesome. How yeah. many of your students actually watch the movie? I don't know. I, I, I can't it. necessarily suggest the film because it's really are. Uh, but I've had a few tell me they went to watch that thought it was really good. Uh, really? So you'll get in trouble if you suggest like a rated uh, R movie? I'm not going to. I don't really go into that too much. But like, I'll be like, oh, there's a movie. It's pretty cool. I'll, I'll show them the trailer. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Peak interest. But as long, I guess as long as you don't say, see this movie. Right. Wow, so you'll get in trouble for that. I'm not sure I get in trouble. It's just more of a stage precaution. Mm. Like, I'm just so shocked at how, like, just airtight the secret was to this movie. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, Pattinson read the script in a fucking locked room. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, That's awesome. And I think they tried making it seem like it was like a Green Lantern film that was happening. Like, they were trying to make the production as they were filming, like, oh, it's like Green Lantern. Yeah, Michael Caine's uh, scenes... The one scene he was in, Nolan only gave him that scene. That yeah. scene, yeah. He only mm-hmm. gave him the pages for that one scene. And funny enough, I love that scene. Yeah, it, their it, banter. It felt like Michael. Yeah, it mm-hmm. felt like Michael. Like, it was Kane. amazing. Yeah, yeah. It I got, felt I, like Michael Caine, and not just that, but J.D. Uh, Washington. Like I don't know, man. I love their interaction. Like, I like interaction him in this was film. Freaking fantastic! And I'll talk more about him too, Washington, yeah. in a bit. But like, yeah. it, it felt like a. Is Michael Caine like subtle humor that always has been a thing for me in like any Nolan film? He always has the best <laughs> yeah. lines, like high key. Um, but you know, it, it's you're gonna laugh at this one too, Eric. We brought him up earlier. It's funny because when I when I saw Michael Caine, my first thought was, uh, "I'm Michael Caine from uh, Craig Ferguson." <laughs> like still, like that still plays in I my head. And Michael Caine, yeah. Artists make films. The rest of you make television. And <laughs> 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 he's saying that to the Big Bang Theory cast. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen that clip i have you seen all oh, that skit is amazing yeah it is like, it's great it's amazing <laughs> one of the funniest things he ever did but anyway <laughs> so you th- what did you think of uh what did y'all think of the casting all the all the actors and actresses you know robert pattinson to me was like out of this world i've never been the biggest robert pattinson fan yeah but his performance was just out of this world. Everybody uh, raves about him. Like, yeah. I read a fucking stupid review about this movie that was written two days ago, and I was like, fuck you. <laughs> it's terrible. He said yeah. it wasn't too flashy enough for a spy movie. What? And I'm like, is this a spy? Is, um, would you <laughs> Would you consider this movie? Like, I mean, yeah, I could see the spy elements of it, because obviously, I mean, something I read... You know, on IMDb facts, I guess go. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna go into a little bit of that, not too much. Just mm-hmm. I found some some cool stuff in it, but one of them was Christopher Nolan. How big of a fan he is of James Bond, yeah. right? Yeah. And so while he was doing this movie, I think he like refused to like watch any of them, like for for a certain reason. It was uh, the reason for this is that he wanted to work 
from a memory and a feeling of, of that genre. He wasn't trying to do his own version of a James Bond movie. Stephen and I are nodding. Yeah, mm-hmm. but wasn't... An approval. Yeah, but... Yeah, approval, yes. <laughs> was instead attempting to create the excitement that many people felt watching the Bond films when they were kids. Yeah, and like I told you, after we saw it for the first time, and, after, and I told Stephen before we watched it, this movie felt like if you were going to audition to be a writer-director of a Bond film, mm-hmm. this was Nolan's audition right and at the same time his just i mean this movie just solidified the fact that he would make the greatest bond film ever this was a spy film Mm -hmm. i mean you never learn washington's name no yeah Yeah. he's just in the credits he's just credited as the protagonist and the critical drinker the not a protagonist yes he's the protagonist and the critical drinker who, you know, you and I have listened to, mm-hmm. we've mentioned him on the podcast. You should check him out, Steven. He's, he's freaking mm-hmm. awesome. He's an, he's an actual author. Nice. Uh, he actually he actually found that silly. He didn't like that at all. Mm-hmm. One of the rare moments that I actually disagreed with him on well, something. I, I think this is very much an English story, and that's why I think he would just call it the protagonist, too. It's very mm-hmm. much meta in your own mm-hmm. face. Exactly yeah. Like, that's the yes. point. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't see how he wouldn't see that one. And, and with... Um, it being a spy film, I agree. It's like it's a heist film on top of it mm-hmm. as yeah. well, which is yeah. like Nolan's cup of tea half the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I te- guess technically there was two different. There was three heists. Yeah, in the film, three yeah. major heists mm-hmm. throughout the film. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and, and it's funny you talk about the Bond stuff. Like I know it's mm-hmm. very much his own thing. It's not trying to be Bond, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't think it is Bond at all. I think it's his own very much would be oh, yeah. his own. Take oh on yeah, it. yeah. But like mm-hmm. that first sequence, like you could have just splashed some modern artist throwing. Uh, some, uh, like title screen on there with it with Bond in there it would have been perfectly <laughs> yeah. fine like you could have got a new Bond song there and just yeah. shown the movie and you would have been totally would have relieved it well I have to say the Travis Scott song they use they use him with like the composing mm-hmm. at, is really fucking powerful and I don't really know that guy's music very well I know it was McDonald's meal apparently yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> apparently so but it was I thought that was interesting that they they used him and uh, it Worked out. That song is fucking badass. Like, anyway. Oh, the sound is great, too. Yeah. So, so I mean, okay, Eric and I did see this movie, what, opening weekend? back in, Oh, yeah. yeah. I was not going to miss this. Yeah. You invited did. me. You invited me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, we did feel, I, I mean, I've been out, like, you know, working and doing all this stuff during, like, you know, the pandemic. So, I, it's not really odd for me to be out. But, I mean, I was very comfortable. I really was. There were what? I tried counting. It was probably, like, 20 people there. We were really far apart. They did temperature checks. They did all that kind of stuff. We didn't have anything to eat. We were just there with our masks on. So it was really comfortable. Like, I felt really comfortable. Um, but I know, so Stephen didn't go, you didn't go see it. But, I mean, was it worth the wait? Do you think it was, do you kind of wish you saw it sooner? Or I mean, you... so, like, not seeing it wasn't because I didn't want to go. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. had, I had full intention of wanting to go see the film. Yeah. I think I talked to you about it. And I, yeah. I talked to one of our other friends about it. Like, I wanted to go see this movie over weekend. I had even discussed the idea of going, but honestly, it getting pushed back is what hurt me seeing it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, if it was in the summer, I would have gone like yeah. easy. Oh, but okay. since it's mm-hmm. in the school year, and because I work with students and I work with athletes, because I'm a coach as well, last thing I wanted to do was potentially get sick and then pass that on to one of oh, them. Right. And that was my concern. Mm-hmm. Like if it was just summertime, I would have gone because like it's me and I could have. Anything happened, I could have quarantined myself for a few yeah. weeks, but mm-hmm. I don't want to get any of my other kids sick, and that bothers me, and that would scare me, so that's the reason I didn't go. Yeah, good call. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't really a matter of, like, I didn't... I, I've gone out, too. I mean, we have to go to events to go, you know, when I do cross-country or track, we have to go mm-hmm. out to meets, but um, 
it was just a safety precaution on my end of the deal. I would have loved to have gone. Was it worth the wait? I mean, like, if I can go back in time, destroy the pandemic, you know, <laughs> like, invert myself to, to beat the pandemic, <laughs> and it'd be great. So I yeah. can go see it in theaters. I, guess I think I've only missed, like, one movie. That's now makes two Nolan films that I haven't seen, like, uh, opening weekend. And that's oh, right. uh, of the major ones the past 10, 15 years. So, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe next we'll do a Never Seen It for Dunkirk. Yeah, yeah <laughs> because we talked about that you hadn't seen that one. Because believe it or not, he actually plays with time in that movie. I believe it. In a way. Believe it or not. Like, it's not, like, and of course, obviously, it's based on a historical event. Mm-hmm. It's not a sci-fi. There's not some weird Nolan thing. It's loves only time. an hour and 30 time. minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's only, and it's, only, it's the shortest movie. It's only an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. But he actually plays with time, which yeah. is his most his common denominator. Yeah, that's a pretty theme much all of his that films. he uses pretty much through. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the main song of Inception is called "Time," which is like yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. And, and this movie just showed that he actually he keeps that. Well, again, I guess that common denominator mm-hmm. fresh. Yeah, yeah, he keeps it. Fresh. That's really hard to do. Yes, and I mean, it just goes to show what a true creative mind. He is. He's not and tour. one of the only last creative minds in Hollywood. No, he's not honestly. tour, man. Like everything he makes is gold and it's very much his own idea and he creates it's it original. Himself. Yeah, it's original. Mm-hmm. Like it's, he's a genius like, in that regard. I mean, who else can I mean off the top of my head, him, Quentin Tarantino, and who else, honestly, just with in terms of originality and having mm-hmm. the balls to do what they want to do. I guess Wes Anderson. But that's yes, Wes yeah. yes, that's perfect. I knew there was another one. I was only because really like he just does whatever he wants to do and no one's to tell him otherwise. Mm-hmm. I mean so, um, Scorsese, maybe. Scorsese, yeah. Scorsese, yeah. I can mm-hmm. see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean shit. But yeah, like I mean if, if I'm being real and I think you can have thought of this before too, like my favorite director of all time is Stanley Kubrick, but like current mm-hmm. living director, it's it's been Christopher Nolan for years now. Yep. Like mm-hmm. I, I love a lot of directors. Like there's so many guys like I used to have a list of directors I thought were like the best and Nolan's up there for best best ever and definitely my favorite living currently at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Since we're talking about Nolan, maybe talk maybe meant have what would you say is like favorite movie of his? That's hard. Well, is st- it? for me it's still Inception. Yeah. But I don't know, man. Like honestly, it, I don't want to say like this one is up there because it's the newest one. Right. This one really is up there though. Like mm-hmm. I I cannot get over how much I truly love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like I just, this movie just it scratched me right where I itched. Like, is I mean, I've been disappointed so much over the past few years by just different movies and different shows, mm-hmm. and this just satisfied me. Shows having a good ending. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Game of Thrones. There was nothing wrong uh, with Game of Thrones. It's the official stance of Never Seen It podcast. Uh, Game of Thrones season eight was. Perfect. What? That's not Absolutely a stance not. On yes, here. yes, uh, yes. It's not well, a stance, we, trust we me. don't want to be canceled. Uh, it was perfect in every way. But uh, yeah, like it just this movie. I mean, I walked out of it not understanding everything, but I was happy. Yeah. <laughs> I've read my notes a few times since I've typed them up oh, here, yeah. <laughs> so I can be like, "Am I still reading this the right way?" And I know when I go back and see it, I'm going to see other things. Yeah. Um, my favorite Nolan movie. Okay, so it's actually not fair because like. One of my favorite movies of all time is still The Dark Knight, so like I can't not put that as my favorite Nolan. It's movie. like the Deathly Hollows book; you can't choose it. You can't choose it. Like <laughs> that, that's blatant. Like that's that will always be my favorite movie. That's like one of the best movies ever made. But I guess you know, 
I think years ago I would have said Inception. I still love Inception a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think at this point I might put Interstellar ahead of it. Ooh, uh, but I'm also yeah. a big Space Odyssey fan too. And mm-hmm. I definitely feel the, like, the homage there to it. But like I think why I pick Interstellar is mostly the concept of cosmic love, which just hits me in all the right way because yeah. like, I love stuff like that. So <laughs> it definitely was something that was... Man, that movie made me tear up a few times when I watched it the first time. So, and the fact that she was right, yeah, like, like that, that's God, that's such a beautiful part, man. I wish I could write like that. I cannot write like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think mine would probably be The Dark Knight. I, I mean, it's kind of odd. I've never seen Batman Begins. I didn't see it. I, oh, it's so good. <laughs> Begins, really Begins, good. Begins is so underrated. Like when you yeah. watch it now, it's yeah. so well, it, underrated. It, it's it's the same thing with. Um, Aaron Eckhart, yeah, and everybody else versus Heath Ledger. The movie, it it just gets overshadowed. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just gets overshadowed. Yeah. Like the Batman Begins really is a perfect beginning mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's a perfect part one. Yeah, and uh, it just gets overshadowed by the Dark Knight. So you know, and and Aaron Eckhart, like you know, if you if you know, everyone's dazzled by the Joker by Heath mm-hmm. Ledger, obvious for obvious reasons, but Aaron Eckhart yeah. is really amazing. The opening the scene with him when he just like. Takes the gun next to me, bye bye American. That whole part, like, dude, yeah. like, he's just in he's it. He's great. Yeah, he's I like in it. Mm-hmm. He's that character. He's Harvey Dent. Like, it's, it's, you know what? Actually, speaking of that, something I wanted to ask you, what did you think of Kenneth Branagh in this mm. movie? He's great. Man. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he like, transformed. He yeah. transformed. <laughs> you don't recognize him. <laughs> I did not recognize him at all. Yeah, yeah, I didn't either. Like, stellar, stellar on his part. Mm-hmm. Did you see uh, Murder on the Orient Express? Uh, no, actually. It's no? another one. I mean, I know, I know that I get the Christie, right? That's, mm-hmm. that Christie? Yeah. yeah. And he wrote and directed it. Yeah. And well, he plays he, uh, Hercule Poirot. Yeah, he's, he's a big mm-hmm. fan. He's a big, like, classic director when it comes to putting a lot of old school novels into uh, modern mainstream film. Mm-hmm. I'm down to show you that movie. Maybe not for the podcast. Yeah, just no, on the side. Just on the side mm-hmm. if you want. Yeah. Uh, I, that movie is, it's a really great movie. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. His performance, though. Mm-hmm. is just unbelievable. Nice. I mean, he is that movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and there's going to be movie. another one. Yes, and you don't know how excited I am to see more of him. Mm-hmm. What the, when you told us during the during uh, Tenet, like, I don't want this movie to end, I didn't want to stop seeing him. Nice. In Murder on the Own Express. And funny yeah. enough, we had watched it. We had rewatched it before Tenet. It was like on HBO or something. Or maybe I did. No, you did. I, I honestly I did. don't think I've seen that movie since we saw it. Oh, uh, okay. Because you didn't realize that that was him. In I China. don't think I know. I don't know him. I don't. I don't think I've uh, ever had any real like association with him ever in film, which is really weird because of his performance in, you know, in the Orient Express one. And I'm just, it's. I don't know. I was pretty surprised. You know, when I saw Ten, I'm like, who is it going to be? I don't. I don't know why I thought it was going to be a huge like reveal of who that character mm-hmm. was, and I was like, oh, it's just some guy, and then. Obviously, I don't recognize who the hell that is. You know what I mean? Because he transformed. Yeah, he's like Gary Oldman. I swear to God. Yeah, Kenneth so, Branagh's like great. Like besides that, he's a big Shakespeare guy as well. Yeah. Like okay, he's done yeah. almost pretty much every major Shakespeare adaptation. Uh, that's why if you watch like the first Thor, it's very much that because he directed that one. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the the only Shakespeare movie I ever saw that he did, I deeply enjoyed, and it was uh, Much Ado. About but, yeah. Nothing. Oh yeah. And it was just an all star cast: Denzel Washington, him. Keanu Reeves, uh, Emma Thompson, a very young Kate Beckinsale. Uh, I mean, there were so many. St- Michael Keaton is in that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Like, 
it, it's an all-star cast and it is a fantastic movie mm-hmm. uh but she she didn't know that that was him until I said it. No, and, and yeah, I think I don't think it's just insane I was, to me that that's there, was there any credits? I don't think there were any, right? Uh, at the end, yeah. After, I mean, at the end, like, but not like they in the give beginning, you the directors some, and the yeah. producers and all, and then they go into the um, actors, which is what Nolan's done throughout his entire career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's Steve and Kenneth Branagh will always be who. Oh God! I already know. Oh, come now, on, Steve! I, can't I just remembered now. I can't I believe it took you longer remember. than a second. Yeah, to it's, say it's taking me this long. What? Gilderoy Lockhart, come on. <laughs> he was great. Like, it, It's insane to me. It's like you said about Gary Oldman. It's like, I can't believe this This is the same it's guy who's weird, man. Zorg, uh, freaking Winston Churchill, and Sirius Black, you know, and Kenneth Branagh is Hercule Poirot, Sator, and, and Gilderoy Lockhart. Lockhart. Like, it's just insane. Like, He's such a good actor. <laughs> uh, and that's not to take away from anybody else in Tenet. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Robert Pattinson, J.D. Washington... Uh, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like something that kind of I was like, whoa. And you, you'll speak to this because I didn't see uh, Black Klansman, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Nolan chose him because oh, yeah. of his performance, yeah, specifically in Black Klansman. He's incredible in Black Klansman because he's the main character. Yeah, in that he's movie. the main character. And isn't that movie kind of a spy movie when you think about it? He it's very much that. undercover. Oh, yeah. It's a very much undercover spy movie. Yeah, and, there and, we go. And, and uh, <laughs> his performance is great, and he has the same like. Uh, demeanor in terms of like uh, a little bit of humor. Not as it's, it's obviously, in my opinion, like a dark movie because of what it's about. Mm-hmm. But like he still has the same interesting attitude to things, and he still says a lot of this. Like one thing I think about J.D. Washington is he, he's very much like his dad, where he has like those small little random he has charisma. Yes, and this, <laughs> dude, it rips off him, man. Like he doesn't have to try; it's just there, and it's so mm-hmm. impressive, in my opinion. I can't mm-hmm. wait to see that guy continue to make films. But yeah, Black Klansman is a really good movie. Uh, thoroughly enjoy that one. I think I've only seen it like two or three times at this point, but it's good. Good. You movie. saw it in theater. I saw it in theaters. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, because like the thing that got me just so much for this movie, especially after we watched that that video I showed y'all last night about the horrible dialogue in films. Uh-huh. The dialogue in this movie felt like you would almost think that it was all uh, organic. In a sense that it was like improvised between the actors, they were just having natural conversations mm-hmm. between each other. Like yeah. when Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson's just like, "I don't like cowboy shit," and then you just oh, randomly yeah. hear him in the background, "This is cowboy shit." You yeah, know, as they're as she's explaining to J.D. Washington what being inverted is like. Like, and again, the conversation between him and Michael Caine, it just in every conversation between J.D. and uh, Robert Pattinson, it just felt so oh, organic. Yeah. The chemistry, yeah, they're like brothers in the arms. Inter- yes, mm-hmm. which is like a big just, thing for the ending, of course. Yeah, yeah we'll uh, have a discussion about. You know, he improvised the line when he goes in the kitchen. Hey, uh, I never got my hot sauce. <laughs> he improvised. I, I believe that. I believe that. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, uh, and and then the actress was what uh, Debecky, right? Elizabeth Debecky, right? Uh, I have her name here. She was the villain in. Um, uh, the Man from Uncle. Oh, okay. Absolutely. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought their chemistry was really good, yes. too. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Like, it was very... And it was very natural film in that regard. And I'm pretty mm-hmm. happy with that cause dialogue. And that's that's Nolan, you know? Elizabeth Debicki. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she was a really solid choice. But when I look at the... Like I said, the dialogue to me, like you said, Eric, it's really important that it, it does play organically. Mm-hmm. And, and it feels like that. Because there's a lot of technical terminology in here. Oh, yeah. In this movie, like, legitimately... But you don't ever get dragged down by the technical terminology. Like, they quickly explain how the invert stuff works, and they mm-hmm. go through it all. And they kind of make fun of it. Like, whenever uh, Pattinson's like, oh, I have a, degree, I have a, what's it, a 
of a master's, master's in, in physics, uh, physics yeah. that we'll try to keep try to up. Keep up. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, like, they kind of blow it off as a part of the company. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> Man, uh, something I was, I was dying, I wanted to bring up so badly because it blew me away. Uh, I had watched a video about little details you might have missed, and um, one of them, which we'll talk about more, uh, is the idea that Robert Pattinson is her son. Which I thought the moment I saw the movie, I thought mm. I had wrote it on a little piece. I had wrote it on a uh, we saw it at the Alamo, and I wrote it on a little piece of paper. And I was like, "Hold on to this," and I gave it to Lauren, and I was like, "I'm calling it now." I want her to see that I called it like early in the movie. Dude, that doesn't even hit my mind until now, well, and I totally buy that. We'll get to that. In a se- well, actually, well, let's just stay on that because like it would make sense, right? Like when you think about some of the last things Pattinson said, that Neil says to him. He mm-hmm. says, like, oh, are you going to go see her? And he's like, oh, I can't. And then he says, oh, not even from afar? And he's like, it's too dangerous. And when you see the ending of the movie, he's looking at her from afar. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why did he ask those two specific questions? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, everything else throughout the entire film was very methodical. Yeah, everything it's, it's airtight. Purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's airtight. Exactly. His name, the boy's name was Maximilian. Yeah. The last four letters... Is what? Is L I E N. Oh. Neil spelled backwards. Which is, is a N E I L. Yeah. <laughs> which is a palindrome like Tenet. Dude. Or Sador. And Sador's construction company was Rotos, which is Sador backwards. Oh. Like, Dude. Like, and opera, opera is part of the. Because Nolan drew inspiration from. Oh, opera is a, 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 re- a, a repo, the right? Sador Square. Yeah. The what? Opera was a repo backwards that they were bringing up, right? Yes. 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 Or, yeah. I don't know where a repo was in the film. It had to have been in the film somewhere. Yeah, it had to because I think the, he had all of it. In the there. Sador Square is in Kiev, um, Ukraine, which is where the opera scene yeah. takes place. See, this place. is the replay value I'm going to be catching exactly. tomorrow. Exactly. Because, like, I, I understood the film and, like, I get the concept, but now like, I can kind of right. see, now I'm going to be looking for palindromes in the film. Yes. Which is what you do every every. And, and, and to be fair, I was looking for palindrome, mm-hmm. but I was looking for the, I guess on my first watch, I was looking for the film palindrome mm-hmm. more so than the actual uh, potential ones within the film. And now it's like, whoa, that's genius. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you can't convince me that that little boy isn't her son. That makes sense. Like, you can't convince me. Because, like, again, he asked asked him those two specific questions. Like, you're not going to go check on her? No. You're not going to see her from afar? Not even from afar? No. I guarantee he got out of that car and went up to them. Yeah. And that was when he met Neil for the first time. And recruit and, and he ended up being a physics major and wanted to work with him and all this shit. Yeah. And they knew each other that entire time. It, it, man, I would just love for that to be the case. Like, to be, that best, to be, be the best so canon. That's even like an so ending. Great. You know, it's kind of like an Inception ending. Does yeah. he get off? Does he get down? It's, from it's the a Nolan thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it it's is. And he, and he won't show it to you, which is fucking shitty. That's what I love about him. <laughs> yeah, he won't, he won't, you have to just figure it out. Yeah, yeah. you do. And another thing that blew me away, and I saw it, and, and again, it was back on that video that said things you might have missed. Um, how red and blue denotes that. Red is forward and mm-hmm. blue is backwards. Did mm-hmm. you notice that? Mm-hmm. I have that in my notes. Dude, I didn't notice that until this guy said it, that it is it is prevalent throughout the oh, entire Oh, it is everywhere. Film. Yeah, it's everywhere. And, right? and Did you notice it, at Lauren, course, after I yeah. told you? Like, I mean, shit. another fact I read is that the Warner Brothers and Syn Copy, is that what it is? Syn yeah, the Warner Syncopy. Brothers okay. is in red. The it's, logos are yeah. shaded red and blue. Yeah, so that, <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's the first thing I noticed, actually, 
And like I've always looked at lights when I watch films. One of the things that made me understand, like really like film lighting a lot more when I watch now. But I saw a really great critical analysis on John Wick. And on mm. John Wick, blue and red lighting is very pivotal to the yeah. film. Go back and watch it. Really? Whenever John is in comfortable position and he's totally safe with the world, it's always blue. Oh wow! But when he's yeah. uncertain and he's in like danger, it's always red. Dang. <laughs> I mean, they awesome. even mix when you look at it. When you, I guess, when you look at the art of that movie, it's yeah. like red and blue. Yeah. Wow, that's actually true. I can't remember that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When he's in that bar, it's all blue. Whenever he's like yeah. get, finding that's somebody, and then when he goes upstairs right. to find, it's all in red. Dude, hmm. yeah. See, like the thing that blew me away in here that I was like, wow, was when I re- when I heard that in the video and they go up to the first turnstile in the airport and Robert Pattinson's oh, yeah. door has a blue panel mm-hmm. and J.D. Washington's has a red panel. And the guy that comes out of the turnstile on J.D. Washington's side is inverted. Oh, mm-hmm. excuse me. His side is blue. Pattinson's is red. red yeah. yeah. And the guy that comes out of Pattinson's is moving forward. And the one that really that I was like, wow, they made a concerted effort to to mm. stick to that Which was one? when was um, when JD when JD Washington and uh, Dubinsky get captured, and he gets taken into a room that has a red light, while Kenneth Rana is with Dubinsky on a, on his side. His side is blue. blue. But she's in a red dress mm-hmm. oh, because yeah. she is not inverted. Right. He is, but she isn't. And it's like, wow, they made a effort, conscious to a conscious even effort to the, do that. Even the fucking cargo ships, yes, yes, in the, the back ships, yeah. are red and uh, you know red and blue. It's fucking weird, man. It's pretty cool. It's like, it is it's, really, it's cool. really yes, like it's, I was like, wow, like it's so obvious that. He put so much thought into mm-hmm. the movie. Like, it wasn't just like, eh, you know, like, whatever. No, like, he really cares about every aspect of the film. Yeah. And, man, it shows. Like, it's the, the devil's in the details, and the details for me personally are mm-hmm. always what make or break. One thing, uh, in the, you said that, uh, what was the past again for you? It was uh, What color was past for you? Oh, the past, uh, inverted, inverted, inverted blue, blue, and forward, forward is red. red yeah. Um, I mean, look, the her on her computer, <laughs> the shit that's moving oh, forward is in red. <laughs> I, I say that because in the, uh, not giving away, not talking about the ending, I want to get to that in a minute, but mm-hmm. one of the last shots you see is a trinket on Pattinson's uh, thing, it's red. Oh, it's red, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Did you catch it in the beginning, Stephen, or no? What? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you uh, mean? Who it was that saved him, or, or I guess not really saved him. When did you realize that it was Pattinson that saved him at the beginning? Oh, the beginning, yeah. About, hmm. Is After they screwed up the first time. After like, they screwed up? Like, whenever they... Like, when she got caught, basically. Oh, okay. and Washington uh, fucked up? Yeah, and they had to go oh, back. Okay. Like, there... Like, I kind of was figuring out where, was this, where this was going to lead to mm-hmm. about that point. I'm like, hmm, I know where this is going to go. That's why I'm pointing out to you also. I bet you if I go back and watch, I'll see all this in detail in the background. Right. You're like, yeah. Because I was already kind of figuring it out <laughs> in that regard. Um, but even from the beginning, whenever she brings up the point, oh, it's the same person, like, hmm... Now, who's the person? Was my first thought whenever uh, the lady tells him because okay. she tells yeah, him pretty yeah. like oh, it had to Priya. be the, yeah Priya it had to be the same person. I'm like, wonder who. And then the fact that Pattinson didn't want him to kill him either yeah was a big like huh. I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, I guess let's let's kind of dive into some favorite scenes. So, as a first time viewer, what would you say? You know, first time you know viewing it, what are the standalone scenes that you're like you can't wait to watch? 
And then okay. second rewatch. Okay, it's time to pull up the list of really, really bad shorthanded notes here. <laughs> um, I mean, I thought the opening was great. Not like digging into that wasn't my favorite scene, but I thought it felt. Oh, great. it's great. It's, yeah. It just it just digs into it. It reminded me a lot of again, like of the Dark Knight to a certain degree. It oh yeah, it, it throws yes, you it into is. the film, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm right. totally okay with that. Like mm-hmm. I'm totally honored with that. Uh, obviously, I think the best scenes in the film are the big like inversion scenes. Like those are the best okay, ones yeah, like, yeah. by a long shot. Like the. Uh, the first one, whenever they, I have like all this stuff here. The Oslo one, the first time, that one was really, that's really good. When they're at the airport. Yeah. That, that, that we just talked about right now, like the whole fight scene. Like whenever they're fighting, when he's fighting the inverted version of himself, when it's yeah. just going back and dude, <laughs> that thing like was trippy, man. Yeah. I, I haven't felt trippy like that since I was watching like Inception with, uh, when Levitt does the wall stuff. Like that's, oh, yeah. that, that's what that felt yes. like. Like really, really, really great. Uh, Part. so that's one of them as well and even like some of the humor there too like the guys like the vegetarian part and he oh, like yeah. he chloroforms him like it was it was a good mix <laughs> that whole heist is probably my favorite part like when they yeah. when they take over the plane and then like get that operation it's first, going it's the first inversion thing that you see it's your first like inversion experience yeah outside movie. of the very beginning yeah, you know with the, yeah. with the bullet, with the bullet yeah. but yeah and then of course to me the car scene like the, the 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 chase and like inverted chase is like yeah. insane. It's insane. Like yeah. that's incredible, man. <laughs> Took about three weeks to film, and they like oh really? They like closed off like five miles of highway for that shit. See, that's what I I I really want to see with the Blu-ray. I want to I want to sit there and watch the special features because I remember mm, watching yeah. all of that for Inception, and there was a special. Uh, funny that you mentioned the, J- the Joseph Gordon-Levitt scene because whenever he's fighting that guy in the hallway that's turning upside down and you see them get on the wall and then they're on the ceiling and then they're on the other wall, there's a full-on uh, special feature yeah. in Inception just about that scene alone. Yeah, ahead of its because time. people, yeah, it was it was ahead of its time and people were like, "Dude, how did he film this?" Like, yeah. there's no wires, there's nothing, and it's like, "Oh well, he just built an entire hallway." And was just slowly turning it yeah. with mm-hmm. the camera on a freaking like pole just stuck in the middle while they were just turning it and they were just acting it out as they were turning it. Crazy. And it's like, dude, that's practical. fucking nuts. Practical. Yes, practical. And the thing that's just so ingenious about about the practicality of filmmaking uh, is what uh, Drinker talked about in when we did the thing. Mm-hmm. When we watched the thing. Yeah. Everything in the thing. Uh, the Kurt Russell thing, the John Carpenter's thing, mm-hmm. is practical. Yeah, of course. So it lives forever. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing with, like, it practical effects, as, as a horror movie fan, like, heavily, <laughs> like, I can tell you right now, once practical effects last longest. Because mm-hmm. there's something about that practicality that makes it last, like, you know, for the future. Uh, and I, I think that's, the thing is, they don't make that stuff anymore. Yeah. Like, there's nobody who can do those things like they used to. Like, I would love to see big, big practical effects come back, but... And, you know, it's it's such a waste when you watch a movie and like you can tell something is CGI, but it's always something stupid. Like I like I like I like, like I love Star Wars, but I think of Attack of the Clones, like him tossing the the uh, the apple or pair to Padme. That thing's CGI. They they, yeah. they spend thousands of dollars instead of just using a real pair. Like, bro, come on, man. Yeah. Like, and it was mostly because they could. Yeah, that, it was just showing off. It was yeah. just it was showing yeah. off. Like, I'm a big fan of practical effects, too, a lot of the time. And I think that to make a lot of those 80s horror movies and 70s, like, a lot more clear and why they exist now. Yeah. Which is uh, what made uh, the original trilogy of Star Wars 
so timeless. It's yeah, most a lot of it was practical. Yeah, Yoda as well, like, like legitimately. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and it's, when when I say that, I think about Tenet as well. Cause I even told you they probably had fun blowing up that building because <laughs> yeah. like you know oh, they yeah. did because you know they did because Nolan always does like mm-hmm. that's why he'd be perfect for Bond they blow how much thousands blowing cars on Bond like <laughs> yeah. like Nolan's like okay oh, please. the opening scene of Quantum of Solace blew twenty one million alone on just the Aston Martin yeah twenty one million alone mm-hmm. and Gosh. two stunt drivers being sent to the hospital yeah yeah oh my God. <laughs> yeah and the opening. Five minutes of the movie, <laughs> twenty-one million. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know, like with this one, the production team bought the fucking plane, and it's a, no special effects. It's like yeah, all they crammed yeah. it into yeah. a building. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I knew it. I knew that. Like, I yeah. just know. I mean, I think we've all seen the uh, the Heath Ledger, like the the building didn't blow up when he pressed the button on Dark Knight, yeah. and that was all improvised. Yeah. Mm. He w- it was supposed to detonate the moment he clicked. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to detonate the moment it, he clicked it, but it didn't. Oh, but it didn't. And yeah, he yeah, stopped, yeah, yeah. and I he just that. he just improvised, and then like he really got stunned yeah. when it went off. Like he really did get <laughs> like, perfect. oh shit, it went off, and then he just took off. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's crazy. But it yeah. adds so much keeping yes. that in, though. It's human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's organic, and it just... Because it, 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 it lives on. We're he, talking about it. <laughs> and it's the one thing for his character. He said in character too. Like he was like, mm-hmm. and then shrugged his shoulders. Yeah, yeah. like, like <laughs> whatever. Man, man. This and also I think not spoiling anything, but the the revelation of the last scene is incredible. Like yeah. when they show uh, the Becky's character like jump off. Can remember she talks yeah. about dude. She envied herself. Yeah. I know. Like, for the freedom. Dude, the English teacher was like, oh my God, I want to show this movie to somebody like in my class. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can promote this one. It's fine. Yeah. Her whole thing on the yacht, I mean, I wrote that down, like kind of is something that always stood out to me, watching it the first time and then rewatching it again. Like I was just looking forward to that, like feel, tricking oh, really? him and then killing him. You feel so bad for her in this film majority of the time, oh, you dude. Do. Like, 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 it's funny because, like, uh, in my class, I did like a whole section on confinement, which is like a big discussion wow. of like uh, of like women's lit. So I did like yellow wallpaper and stuff. And man, I get oh, that, vi- I oh, get man. such vibes. That's a, 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 a crazy <laughs> short like story. Haunts you. Yeah, it does haunt you. It's a very haunting thing. My kids all liked it when I read. Like, man, this yeah. is messed up. So like, I got so many flashbacks. She just battered and she can't do anything. Yeah. And she gets it, man. She gets her revenge in some way, shape, or form. One of my favorite lines from Kenneth Branagh was when she put the gun in his face and he told her, you're not going to shoot me. And she was like, you know, like, oh, I'm, you know, I forgot what she, she tells him something. And he says, nah, you're not angry enough. And she's like, oh, I'm plenty angry. And the line that I love is when he says, no, anger scars over into despair. And when I look in your eyes, you're not angry. Yeah, and that was just that was just so cold. And, her, and, and, it, so and, and it's cold. so much better whenever she like looks at him. It's like Do so. You see despair yeah. in my eyes or anger, and then he just freaks out. Yeah, cause he, <laughs> because because he, he realizes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and part of the brilliance of that was like playing off of his. Uh, she was kind of his weakness in many degrees. Yeah, because like. Even they said he trusts her still at that point in time. Mm-hmm. He trusts her. And yeah, he, he wanted to love her. Yeah, man. <laughs> Ah. Jesus, man, and you know it was such a far cry from her character in uh, Man for you saw Man from Uncle, right? Mm-hmm. You saw it, Lauren. I saw parts of it. Oh, okay, she's the main villain mm-hmm. in that movie, and I mean it's totally night and day character. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like she's not, you know, so evil like Kenneth Branagh is, but yeah, she's definitely you know 
evil. And it yeah. was just, I, I hadn't seen her since The Man from Uncle. And uh, I thought she was fantastic. And I hate saying this, but this was the first time in a Nolan movie I didn't absolutely despise the female lead. Right. <laughs> like his female leads are always cunts to me. <laughs> That's such a terrible word for it one is. thing. But like, like, okay, so for example, Carrie Ann Moss in Memento. Oh, she's a terrible human bitch. being. Though. She's a like, terrible human being in that one. She is a terrible person in that movie. Uh-huh. Uh, in The Prestige, I can't stand Scarlett Johansson. Really? I don't mind her in that one that much. Mm. I can't stand her. I, well, not, I mean, not her, but the char- obviously the character. No, I'm saying that one I don't mind her. I even said I didn't even think to mind the character that much, but I can see where you're coming from on that one. Um, Katie Holmes, I could not. Stand no, I can agree. Rachel was night. kind of a, Rachel was a bitch. She was a, not a good I, like. She was a good character, like good person, but she yeah. was her and her and Bruce had a lot of really strained history with each other. Especially when she tells him like how his dad would feel about him. I'm like, yeah, like oh, your dad would be ashamed of you, and it's like, oh. bitch, you don't know what his murdered yeah. father would think that he saw Fuck you. Or when she tells him like. Oh yeah, you enjoy your birthday. Some of us have actual work to do. And do it's you like, think? Uh, do you get think, over yourself, bitch? Like, <laughs> do you think you're Ma- sleeping with your boss? Get over yourself. Do you think Maggie Gyllenhaal like carried that over very oh, well? Oh yeah, yeah, she did like, a good job. I, with I still, I will never forget the first time I saw the Dark Knight. I felt nothing when she died. Like I felt See, nothing. That, I mean, I that's... felt worse when when Two Face died. Yeah. <laughs> I felt sadder for him dying than her. I I could not stand Anne Hathaway in Interstellar. That sucks because I like See, her. no, I she loved her in Interstellar, yeah. though. <laughs> I loved her in Interstellar, man. Well, like okay. I would have gone back. I would have gone, like I would have well, gone back too, though. To be more specific, I couldn't stand her throughout the movie. Whenever it was just the two of them left, then I liked her. Then she she became more likable for me. Uh. But this inse- movie, huh? oh, what about Inception? Yeah. Well, Mary Colliard was. But just but but, but to be fair, like she was evil. Like yeah, she was I mean, like, yeah. She was meant to be. Re- evil. Yeah, exactly. And, isn't isn't she in the Dark Knight Rises? She's a yeah, and she's also yeah. evil yeah, in there too. Big, see, I loved yeah. Anne Hathaway in the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> yeah. But her, like, I was like, man, like ah. Bleh. But this was the first movie that I thoroughly was like, oh, I love the female lead mm-hmm. <laughs> for no. I feel like it was hard for her to get that part because like when I was going through IMDb for facts who, for, who? for the girl that plays... Uh, Dubisky yeah. and uh, uh, Tenet? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. I mean, I think it was kind of hard. I think Nolan's wife even like, hey, you know, you know, watch some of these other ones. Like, you know, she's she's good. And he went back and rewatched like Great Gatsby, which I forget. yeah she's in Gatsby. Oh, she is. Who is she in? Great I Gatsby? think she's the friend of, of Jordan. Mary- Chick? Yeah, Jordan. Really? That's her name. She's like her. the dark haired girl, right? Jordan. That, tall, that, that, really that, pretty- is that a? That's Nick's cousin, right? He- oh, okay. Or, or she's not Daisy because Daisy's a, yeah Daisy yeah Daisy somebody, da- else. somebody else. Much, yeah that's Carrie Mulligan. That, that's Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, she's very tall. Or or she or she Myrtle the the ugly one that like. Destroys Gatsby essentially. The ugly one. That's what she's supposed to be. <laughs> I know. I was like, say she's supposed to be. Ugly. They describe. No. They, des- yeah. they describe her as the ugly one. In the book. Well, that's so much bullshit. Because in that movie, she's fucking beautiful. <laughs> no, yeah, she's always described as like this. She's always described as like what you would expect coming out of like your really bad like rat that's, nightclub. That's so interesting. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna name the bar specifically in Kingsville. There's one uh, particular. Name it. Uh, I'm not. Uh, and we then talk, uh, we've talked about uh, bars on the podcast. And then. Before. And then. Um, um, and then she had a very small part in Guardians of the Galaxy too. Oh, nice! Wow. So she, she yeah, she was a uh, the the Aisha, the Golden Girl, the mm-hmm. one that uh, they're making Adam Warlock. Oh, that's right. She was in Guardians too. She that's was right. Yeah. I remember recognizing her. Yeah, that's, that was her. 
Man, it's kind of weird because it's like when I when I saw this movie, I didn't know who she was at all. Going back to Tenet, Elizabeth Debicki is really solid in her role, like pretty yeah. much the entire film. I just saw she's actually going to be uh, Princess Diana in The Crown wow. in 2022. And I oh, can she's playing the older that. version of her. Yeah, I, I can really see that. Well, it's one of those things where if you look at this film, when you look at like J.D. Washington and you look at uh, Robert Pattinson and now her too, like... These people are about to have the renaissance, especially Pattinson. Like he's in the oh, he's in the middle yeah. of basically building his career, mm-hmm. and it started with the lighthouse and here, and of course it's going to Batman amongst other films. But you knew it was coming, and and you know I've noticed that they're kind of doing this in Hollywood where they're they're putting these people in places to succeed to get to make new stars because I think the old stars are getting boring. Because mm-hmm. right now it's him and uh, Timothy Chalamet; those are like the two big ones that yeah. they're pushing to be yeah, the big. Yeah, like, I'm could, like kind of over that one. Well, I mean, but... do you, do you, like you can be over it all you want, but if you, but it's gonna. Stay, but like, but like, yeah. it, you can be over it, but if you don't like Dune, you're. I'm sorry. I mean, Dune's yeah, that's incredible. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure that movie's gonna be amazing. It's, you it's know, the, that's why. Um, I think okay, going into the music about this movie because it's obviously not Hans Zimmer, which is yeah. which is weird for a Nolan the movie. First time since in Nolan's the, movie since mm-hmm. the Prestige. No, he since Batman Begins. Oh, okay. Because I thought yeah. it was The Prestige that he yeah. had. Uh, he made Batman Begins, then The Prestige. It, he took like a movie break in between every Batman yeah. movie. <laughs> but Batman Begins was Hans Zimmer, then The Prestige, Hans Zimmer, Dark Knight, Hans Zimmer, Inception, Rises, Interstellar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but he didn't do it because he was doing his longtime passion project, Dune. Isn't that fucking crazy? What was Longtime Passion Project? Yes, which is, I mean, I get so it. So what you're saying is his soundtrack for Dune is going to be unbelievable. Yes. <laughs> and then, so he was replaced by this guy, which I can't say his last name, but it's Ludwig. Gorenson? Yeah. Some, yeah. yeah. Who won, I forgot, won that Oscar for Black Panther. Black Panther, yeah. yeah. And he did Mandalorian. He did some of the episodes of Mandalorian. That's currently. insane. What I thought was wild was Nolan brought him on the set of Tenet mm-hmm. throughout the scenes, throughout the production, so he could see it for himself, right. what he was going to be. Mm-hmm. So Nolan could tell him, like, this is what I'm going for. This is what's happening during the scene. You know, this and that. Uh, you know, I want, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he could be as... So we could have as much information for the soundtrack as possible. Mm-hmm. And man, I, I really liked the soundtrack to this movie. Like it was very, um, it was almost like Blade Runner-ish. Yeah. Some of the music. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like Blade Runner 2049, yeah, no, yeah, which is I know. Oh, I know, I know. Like mm. you could put the soundtrack. Like, That's a, the same a, director who's making Dune, correct, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, uh Oh, it's it's not Villalobos. It's uh, Villanueva. Yeah, it's Villanueva. Dude, that, yeah. that's what I'm saying, dude. We all know Dune's going to be godly. Like, there's no doubt. That that's, oh, yeah. That's, well, it just shocks me that it's only gonna, it's only a part one. Yeah, because the book's and so long. Like, oh, my God. The book's so long, too. What the fuck? And that's considered, like, the epic of sci-fi. That's, like, yeah, the, that's, that's, yeah. that's their Bible. That's their odyssey. That's their biggest thing ever. So mm-hmm. I'm really, and the cast is so crazy. It's sci-fi's it Lord crazy. of the Rings. Yeah. Oh, oh there yeah. you go. Yeah. Best way to look at it. Yeah, that, I uh-huh. love that. Like, sadly, I've heard every Dune book afterwards is, like, not as good or not good at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I heard that the first Dune book is just, like, one of the best things. Like, it has such great world building. And, I mean, the cast is amazing. Uh, you know, like I was really bummed that they they didn't put it out. I was so we were we were getting ready to go. It yeah. was going to come out on my birthday. I wasn't going to go see that. I I, I, I would have gone to oh see that. Oh my god! Oh really? You I would have gone. gone to see. I that. think everybody would have gone because to like I'm on I'm on off season right now. It's I break for two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. I would I would have gone to go see that easy. Yeah. Shit, I still remember when uh Jason Momoa. 
posted like a video from his own phone running through the hallway of Warner Brothers because they just casted him as uh, Idaho Mm -hmm. in uh, Dune. And he was just fucking freaking out because apparently that was one of his like favorite movies or books growing. I can't remember what he had said, but he was like literally just freaking out that they casted him in that role. <laughs> I love yeah. Jason Momoa. <laughs> I know. It's, that's going to be huge. That's going to be a huge cinematic moment. I think. But that's, that's oh, yeah. big though because like sci-fi needs movies like this, like yes. that and like Tenet because like we know we've been like in a sci and I think I've talked to you about this before. We've been in a good sci-fi like almost renaissance the last yeah, 10 years. I think so. But mm-hmm. they don't make any money. Like it sucks that they don't make any money because nobody wants to like think about this type of stuff. No one wants to have I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like a snob but like I look at like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It didn't make as much as it probably should have. Which one? Blade Runner Blade yeah. twenty forty nine. Oh yeah. I look yeah. at a, I look at Arrival, a great movie, one of the mm-hmm. better also ones of that year. Dennis Villeneuve. Yeah, and <laughs> no one went to go see it as much as they yeah. should have. I'm like, dude, these are incredible movies. Why aren't we going? Given these the time they need, The yeah. Martian made a fair amount, but not as much as it probably should have either. Yeah, that's a no. good one too. Yeah. Like, we've had so many good, even Gravity, and that's because Gravity got all they praise for it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember where I had heard it. it had to have been in a youtube video or something but it was so true like the per- i just remember the person said something like in the 80s sci-fi was all the rage yeah. and then it started to slow down in the 90s and then late 90s early 2000s fantasy blew up yeah mm-hmm. and then the sci-fi rings. yes with lord of the rings and then sci-fi was just like almost instantaneously dead mm-hmm. and it didn't matter how good the sci-fi was it just did not sell it just did not sell fantasy was what was selling yeah Mm -hmm. and that's like you just said like it's like dude these movies are so good like it's one of those situations where it's like man this movie is so good it's a patience thing too i think too Mm -hmm. but sci-fi always has uh not that fantasy doesn't but sci-fi always has these like very deep themes of i mean blade runner I mean, just Blade Runner 2049, for example, had the same theme as the original Blade Runner. Like, what does it mean to be human? Well, there's a philosophical attachment. Exactly. It makes you think. It makes you wonder. It's it's, it's a wonder thing, and it's also a thing, like I just mentioned now, it's a a patience. Sci-fi takes time, but Mm -hmm. it pays off nicely, Mm -hmm. usually when it's made well. And I I, I think (laughs) fantasy is a little more like... You, you feel it immediately. Like you're, yeah. you're, you go into the big scenes and it's awesome. And, it, and I love, I love, I love Lord of the Rings. So I'm not going to talk about fantasy. <laughs> yeah. But like sci-fi takes time to build up, and you have to be a little more patient with it. And I think that might turn people off in an era where we're so used to quick things coming to people us. People want instant gratification. Where, and, and I totally get it. Like, I, trust me. Like, you know, fun. You know, I didn't mention this coming here. I was like, man, I hope this movie's good. And I knew it wasn't going to be good. I don't know why I even thought it. I'm like, I hope this movie's good. Like, well, you always have a doubt, considering the time of film that we're living yeah. in. You're going like, to have a doubt. Nolan, like, why, why would I ever doubt Christopher Nolan? But I'm here just like, man, what if I don't like it as much as I want to? You know, like, I was like, not thinking negative, but thinking like, man, what if it just, what if the payoff's not good enough? Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's a great movie. But um, <laughs> I, I think that's a thing where instant gratification and just like the want to get your result immediately over getting that nice patient buildup. And I, and I think sci-fi still holds on to that to this day because even the classic sci-fi still had that holding mm-hmm. on to things until the last moment. So, I mean, 2001 A Space Odyssey, which I just 
I haven't seen because right. I can't I've seen it sit three times. Through. But you've told me that, dude, it's a great movie. It's a chore to watch, it's a chore. Yeah. but it's mm-hmm. a great it's movie. A great movie. <laughs> if you like Interstellar, you'll like Space Odyssey. Yeah. I mean, I know we're doing that because Amber really wants to. And Which one? Um, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, really? Yeah. But speaking of that, I wanted to bring it up like a while back because I thought it was interesting when I was reading about it. So Talk the, to me, babe. The composer... Um, he says this could be a nod to director Stanley Kubrick, one of Nolan's favorite directors mm-hmm. and major influence <laughs> yeah. in his filmmaking. Um, Kubrick had dubbed his breathing for 2001 A Space yep. Odyssey for a scene where Dave goes out in space. Mm-hmm. Well, he did the same thing in this movie where, um, let me see. He had like, incorp- he asked Nolan to do some breathing. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, which uh, was then manipulated into raspy sounds. Um, and... I think it was like um, it's like around Kenneth Branagh's like like around I guess in scenes that he was in, um, and I thought that was really interesting <laughs> that it was like like a slight nod to that because those are both sci-fi movies yeah. and, and I don't know I think that's fantastic when you're kind of incorporating something the director is really inspired by into that especially like this guy being really young and he's probably going to be fucking huge um in the future from what he's already done so i don't know i think that's just super fascinating that he you know did those things yeah but um i mean i i know we dove into favorite scenes we could maybe do a quick thing on quotes because we really should kind of talk about the ending and yeah like, we just get to yeah the ending. for sure absolutely. yeah let's go ahead and get to the ending i'm just gonna bring up this one quote because like you know when first time viewing it it was just fucking beautiful and i can't believe eric didn't really get the reference when we saw this movie and i was really shocked no i got the reference well from for the first time you didn't, didn't really know, know where it was from yeah, and what, i had heard it before but i didn't know what yeah it's like an was. iconic you know and i love that they kind of twisted it because yeah. it, of the way the film is the you know, context of the film right it's so sad. It's like my favorite, one of my favorite parts of the movie. But like, it's obviously the, you know, the conversation they have, right? You know, pretty much the last time that, you know, Pattinson's character oh, okay. sees him. I saw yeah. it too. You yeah. saw it too? <laughs> I knew you would. I, yeah, it was just fantastic. But he's like, well, you've known me for years. It's like, for me, I think this is the Start end of a beautiful friendship. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. But for me, it's just the beginning. Like, I loved that. What a good yeah. twist on Casablanca's ending there. I know it was perfect. Oh, so it's from Casablanca. Yes. Oh, Jesus Christ! That's I why I was I didn't like, know what movie it was from? I had heard it before. Yeah. But I didn't yes. know what movie it was from. Mm-hmm. That that's wow. that's right up there with the uh, the other famous scene from the other famous line from him. The here's looking at you, kid. That's yeah. the line before, mm-hmm. a little before. But yeah, I was like, man. <sighs> oh, when yeah. you heard it in tennis. <laughs> yeah, that, that hit me. That hit me. That's a great. Yeah. And, and the other ones are my other favorite quotes are the one Eric and I were talking about mm-hmm. whenever it's Debecky's character whenever he gives that line to her the cult line yeah. and then she reverses it on him yeah. too that's that's yeah. a, dude, yeah. those lines are great and the, the small stuff for me when it comes to famous quotes are just like the stuff J.D. Washington was saying like the hot sauce line is great it's so mm-hmm. random or ad-libbed <laughs> like or one that uh, uh, Javi, it up. Javi's, <laughs> Javi's favorite or I don't know if it was his favorite but I remember Javi told me he laughed his ass off uh, when Kenneth Branagh asks him, "Have you slept with my wife yet?" Yeah. Uh, no, not yet. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, a, what a what a great line. Yeah. What a, that, that whole interaction and you, and though. You said it perfectly. That motherfucker has balls. <laughs> or no, he kissed her on the neck when he left, and it, you were just like, "Man, he's got balls, dude." <laughs> and again, he just he just radiated charisma. Yeah, the whole throughout time. that entire film, dude. Like. 
Like, he was that character. Like, I hate to bring up this stupid review, but, like, they felt he had no emotion. I'm like, did you even fucking watch this movie? Plus. Like, no emotion. He was like, I'm like, he was raving about Pattinson. I'm like, yeah, he's fantastic. Every time he was. What was the name of the reviewer? Um, Joshua Rivera, and I don't even know. No, okay, I don't know. It's it's just a random. I I thought thought it was a magazine or something. Yeah, like a website. I thought it was gonna be that one guy. I don't remember his name, but it's the uh, the guy that likes that hates everything everyone likes, and then he likes everything everyone hates. I've seen things on him like his. Like he, um, is his name douchebag? No, well, I mean, <laughs> what movie was it? I think he said that oh, I forgot what it was. Like there was one movie. It was like every every movie that's been like top of the charts, like terrible film, and then like he liked like video game movies. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's I like great. how this guy had to justify himself that I, you know, hey, I've seen this, you know, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I was just like, like he's trying. He was just trying to. Basically explain, like, this is, I'm not bullshitting. This is why I'm probably right. And I'm like, bitch, get out of here. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. No, like, I thought he had a lot of emotion. Anytime it involved her, he had emotion. I know. It, it was a great performance. and The like, ending. Literally, the ending is all oh emotion. My God, I know. His acting when he started crying, when he realized Well, even that... when he cried in the beginning, too, when his team was, oh, like, when gone. When yes. he told them, like, did my team make it out? Mm-hmm. And he said no. Yeah. And, I always like start getting choked up whenever he realizes that Pattinson's known him for years and has known basically like what was going to happen to himself mm-hmm. the whole time, and he just starts crying and he. So you've known me for years, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh yeah, we get into some shit. You're gonna love it. <laughs> it's fun. You're gonna love it. It's like, wow, like this dude's optimistic, knowing. What his fate is. It's kind of yeah. wild, like, like especially wow. when you bring up the theory about him being his son. Like, I swear to God, he's his son, dude. Like, like or, or there's not his son. I'm just saying, I mean, the, the, her the, son, the son. Yeah, her the son. son. I'm just like, that's fucking crazy. Well, something else that that guy had that brought up in that video then. was that he spoke. They made it a point to say that he spoke Estonian, which is like an Eastern European language, mm-hmm. and Sador was Eastern European. Mm-hmm. You know, little stuff like that. I thought it would have been better. I thought it would have been. Ah, just so much better because if uh, they had met, if he had mentioned something about uh, going to Pompeii and seeing the lava, mm-hmm. because the little boy went to Pompeii, yeah, to see the oh, lava, yeah. and maybe if he made a comment like, "Oh yeah, what am I?" Or if, I don't know, I don't know how they would say it if JD Washington said something like, "Oh, I bet you've seen some crazy shit," you know, and he's like, "Oh, one of the funnest things I ever saw was the lava in Pompeii." It's just like a little throwaway line, I, I think and then it's like, like. Nobody in the film notices it. You know, we are supposed to notice that. Like, oh shit, yeah, like, that's and maybe him, maybe not know? even him saying that he went to Pompeii, but he's like, oh yeah, I mean, like like something they bring up like a volcano or something. Oh yeah, like Pompeii. Oh yes, yes, but just something like, yes, this this quick, yes. this quick something and, on the nose, yeah, just slightly on yeah, the nose. Yeah, like, like yes, yes. Like, I mean, again, you cannot convince me that he's not her son. Now, <laughs> now that now that you once you brought that, I'm like, man, I think so too. And that I know. such a oh man! I remember when we saw it. I was like, "I'm gonna be really disappointed if this doesn't end up being the thing. <laughs> if this end, doesn't end up being like a twist, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's just so good. Like that would just be so good." I remember seeing the trailer like a billion times. You know, obviously, and I know he would kind of dissect it. Everyone dissected it, yeah. you know, because nobody knew the, what the movie was. Yeah, about. the wait was yeah. so long. So I mean, whenever. You mentioned I bet you that opera house scene like is at the end. Yeah, and then, that trailer does nothing end. for the film, dude. <laughs> yeah. That trailer does nothing for the movie. 
I mean, I, I was stoked I love it, for though. the plane scene, though. Like, when that happened, I was like, oh, I just can't wait to see that part happen. Yes. I actually yeah. avoided the trailer, legit. Oh, wow. Oh, really? For the okay. first time. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. wow. It wouldn't have told you much. No. <laughs> I saw it eventually. I it, you know? I saw it eventually, but I was like, yeah. I was like, what's going on? The trailer, I can't remember which trailer it was. One of them was just fucking fantastic because it's Robert Pattinson telling him, like, or it's it's JD Washington telling him you want to crash a plane and then it cuts to the plane heading towards it and then Pattinson, well not from the air not from that, the that 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 one then... that line kills me too that <laughs> yeah. line that line kills me when he says that one too again the sub there's a this movie's actually surprisingly funny in multiple aspects yes because mm-hmm. it's it's just genuinely people talking about things and they do it in such a good fashion mm-hmm. and it's not like shoehorned in no either. like it no. doesn't conflict with the tone mm. of the scene. Like, it, it flows. It goes right with it. Like, it just feels in line right. with everything. When the, when the uh, I don't remember his name, but he was working with them. He was the guy that was going to pilot the plane into the into the. Hangar. Oh, the chloroform guy. Yeah, yeah the chloroform oh, yeah, guy. Yeah. And he tells him, like, I don't know, these all look vegan to me. Do you think they look vegan? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Do you think they look vegan? And he just yeah. chloroforms <laughs> Very natural. Like, yeah, just very nonchalantly. Just I mean, hey, that's how, that's how you fucking hijacked the That guy's probably really good at Among Us, just throwing it out there. Well, what's up? I'm sorry. That guy's probably really good at Among Us. Didn't Convincing you, people. Yeah. Didn't you say that that's the same actor from um, uh, Yesterday? Oh, I didn't. I don't know. I actually haven't seen that. I think right? my mom had told me that. I haven't that. seen I that, that Oh, wow. True. I think, I don't know. I don't know. I never looked same, it up. He looks very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, I mean, that guy's awesome. Again, yeah. another little subtle. Just well, like Nolan, Nolan, Nolan always has impactful. good minor characters that are oh, small really for the does. film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Aaron Taylor Johnson. That's what I wanted to bring dude, up. Dude, I yeah. can't believe that was him, dude. That's dude, he's insane. so buff. Like, <laughs> he's been in the gym <laughs> for a little while. Well, I mean, after doing Kick Ass, like, yeah, I mean. Well, I don't know. In Kick Ass, he was still pretty. He was, oh, he's very small. He was almost scrawny. Yeah, oh, yeah. He was but like, I he like was I, defined. I like, you could see his muscles, yeah. but he wasn't. I mean, this in here, he looks like a fucking lumberjack. Yeah, or you, you would man. think he like, was like extra in Game of Thrones. With, yeah, like, 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 yeah. like after that experience. Like he's a wild lady. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know, even the way he fucking talks, which I mean, isn't he like American? I don't know. Maybe he's not. No, American. that's his, I think that's his natural oh, accent. Wow. Okay. 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 And, wow. and, and also, and again, like, you know, like talking about overshadowed. But I mean, he wasn't in a whole lot of the movie. I thought his performance was very good. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, again, because you don't even recognize that that's freaking Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, it's like I didn't guess he's it. just that character. <laughs> like it's like, man, like again, he his character was just it just came off so natural. I think mm-hmm. a lot of characters are under like looked in this film because like I think I honestly looking at when I did see the first trailer, I thought Pattinson was like the main character of this film. I didn't realize. Oh no shit! Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> totally yeah. off on that. Which kind of kind of glad it's not it didn't go that way, you know what I mean? Uh, because I like that you're highlight. I mean, I feel like John David Washington is a big actor. Yes, he is. But obviously, I mean, his career was like what ballers, I think. Yeah. And um, I know he was like really good at football, like genuinely, right? Like he played in college and mm-hmm. almost had a shot in NFL. I think I'm not even semi-pro. sure about that. Oh, I, I, I just know it was college. I know he did. Of course, he did Black Klansman and Ballers. So like. He he kind of started late in his acting career. He did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, funny enough that you bring that up, I was actually very surprised that he was the main character in a Christopher Nolan film. Which I thought because, was great. Because, like, he did... I, I knew him from Ballers. I didn't see Black Klansman, but I knew he was in that. Mm-hmm. But it's not like 
he's as famous as Robert Pattinson. Right. right. Or like Tom Hardy. Right. Or any of the other major actors that have been the main characters. Christian in Bale. Like Christian Bale. Mike, DiCaprio. Uh, uh, DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey. Okay, yeah. So I thought it was like, whoa. Like he chose kind of, not an unknown actor, but not a well-known, Someone who's developing. Famous and, and, and I like that. Because but I think this mm-hmm. movie I felt like is going to make him super well, and, 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 and the thing is, I think it's important that Nolan does that because like, a lot of these guys he uses are just get, doing other stuff right now. So mm-hmm. he's almost – you know Nolan. He's going to pull them back at some point. That's yeah. what they always do. He, oh, yeah. He has like his favorites that he's going to pull. And he's probably going to use them again. Mm-hmm. And they're still relatively young, both of them, to where it's like, oh, yeah, let's go do the movie together. Oh, yeah. And also at the same time, it kind of tells me that Nolan doesn't choose his leads or his actors based on their fame. He chooses them oh, based yeah, yeah. on their – Ability to text. Which you'll appreciate my next comment because I feel like that's very Jimmy Johnson of him. Yeah. I don't want great players. I want players who play great. Yeah. (laughs) And that is 150% what is... Yeah, he this wants people movie. that do what they're doing. He wants people who like are not going to phone it in, that are going to actually go in there and do their job and nicely. And man, these guys killed it. Like, yeah. uh, this, it's, mm-hmm. man, I can't praise this movie enough in the acting department. I yeah. feel like this was the best cast of any of his movies. Mm-hmm. And that's because Prestige had a big cast. But I, I don't know, man. This movie, the cast know, in this good, movie, though. for me, for me personally, mm-hmm. the cast in this movie just fucking absolutely i think it fit the characters best i can go with that one i think i think they fit their characters the best what they need to do for this point Mm -hmm. uh because like every other casting for nolan movies has had like a bit of intrigue like i think the best casting is probably still dark knight again but like (laughs) but even then the comment going into it can he even do the joker Heath ledger that guy knight's tale like that that, (laughs) 10 thing i hate about you him (laughs) proven wrong in five minutes in the movie but like the opening scene shut everybody the yeah fuck <laughs> yeah dude. i remember I, I waited two weeks to see it because like the theaters were so packed at the time yeah. yeah and uh when i see him like i guess he'll be okay not even five minutes i'm like oh <laughs> we're just we're gonna go there from the beginning yeah and if that didn't shut everybody up the pencil this, yes the, <laughs> the pencil. scene when he comes into the fucking uh kitchen just oh yeah <laughs> He's the Joker. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's he, the standard now. <laughs> he passed away before it came out, right? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. he did. And I, I don't think that's going to like make every, anyone else think differently. Like they'll feel bad and they'll, yeah. you know, obviously not criticize him. But I think, you know, if he, if he was still around, like, ugh, I feel like he'd still be been... doing Nolan films. I feel like he'd be oh, a freaking yeah. main character in a Nolan film at mm-hmm. some point. But, God, that's such a shame. But that's speaking shame. of, you know, John David Washington, looking at his eye, I mean, uh, you know, he's obviously going to have a big future after this. Oh, yeah. And I know you'll appreciate this because, like, something in the future that's not really, like, said when it's going to happen, but in his list, it's un- untitled David O. Russell Project. Oh, that's going to be good. <laughs> David O. Russell is uh, so Civil Lines Playbook. Playbook yes. right? yeah. yeah, okay. So and he takes a break every three or four years. Or Russell, yes. we talked about last time. It's coming back. <laughs> it's, it's already gonna. It's already coming around, you know? You that little Cooper break. Cooper back in, too, or what? The um, next... I know it's Bale they're bringing back. Oh, okay. And, and Margot Robbie. So you know, uh, that's a cast. That's, 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 a cool that's cast. already a good Just start. Just those three alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Before we go into final thoughts, is there anything else that we guys wanted to talk about or bring up? The ending is great. I mean, yeah. ending yeah. scene is perfect. It was everything it needed to be. Uh, from the time that they have their final conversation to him being in the car with uh, what's her name again? Was it a uh, Priya? Was that her name? Priya. Priya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
whole thing is great. Like, genius level. Um, Did you catch that he was the founder of Tenet? Yeah. Damn, that, like, man. Makes sense. And that he got the symbol from Pattinson. Yeah. That's so heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Oh. Wow, man. Yeah, it, 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 again, I was looking for, like, and just going off my thoughts, again, going back to what I said, when I first heard the title of the film, thought Palindrome, okay, there's obviously going to be a major, like, we're going to go back to the beginning at the end here type of thing. And mm-hmm. I was right in some way, just <laughs> not the way I thought I was going to be right. So that's awesome. Um, and I loved his anger of, like, I, I, I actually love Priya's reaction. She's like, so now you're here to tie up loose ends. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, immediately just over. It's it's done. Then you better tie him up. And she just turns mm-hmm. into the mirror and shit. And it's like. Fuck. Man. What a great line. But fuck her. Like, yeah. She, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I know. But it, that was that was kind of a nice little twist too mm-hmm. with all that. Okay, so obviously you mentioned you're going to see this again. You're going to buy it as soon as you can, um, and I feel like you're probably going to recommend it to someone else for sure. Two people already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so one of the usual questions we ask, like, would you see this in theaters? Do you think this experience would be like? Are you disappointed that you missed it out? I missed out on the theater experience, or like if. Would you maybe go see it if they bring it back? Which they probably would, I think. Uh, give me tickets now? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Because I know this was supposed to be like an IMAX film. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. give me tickets now to go see it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'd go see it in a heartbeat. Fix some of the audio issues every now and then, but yeah. See, and I, I don't know if I had told you about our experience. Uh, oh, but I want to uh, mention it just for anyone out there. Uh, so we, the first time we saw it was in the Alamo Draft House. And it's not an IMAX theater. You know, it's a regular theater. Wonderful theater. We could, Yeah, wonderful theater. We could hear everything clearly. When I took my mom to see it, I was like, hey, let's see it in IMAX. Because it was filmed in fucking IMAX. You know, and IMAX is just the greatest way to yeah, see it. Yeah, we saw film. Dunkirk in IMAX. Too. Yes, we <laughs> saw Dunkirk in IMAX. Couldn't hear almost a fucking thing in IMAX. That's a problem. And might have just been Corpus's theater. Could have but been, yeah. I heard that critique... Like it was almost a universal critique. That's a shame. And then when we went back, when I took my mom back to see it at the draft house, I we could hear everything clearly. Hmm. So that was my one critique of the film was for some reason the audio is just kind of weird mm-hmm. in some theaters, and that and I mean with this movie, that's a massive issue I didn't <laughs> because realize, of how important yeah. every single line of dialogue is in this freaking film. I didn't realize that. Like a lot of people critique the sound mixing of the movie because a lot of people say it's fucking loud, and then you can't hear. Well, look at my TV. I had to turn it down because it was well, like it's shaking the, TV. the damn wall. Yeah. Well, it's like it's honestly that's a Nolan trait though. Like I love uh-huh. Inception, but and people said that dude because Inception is like you can have it on a low volume, but man, it gets loud, and then it gets <laughs> really low. Yeah, that's it. weird, right? I don't know. I think that's super interesting because. Reading that horrible review, and the reason I bring it up is because I went to, like, I wanted to read it because obviously a lot more people saw the movie because it came out this past week, right? So, I mean, I didn't, I feel like, you know, it didn't get judged a lot back when it came out in theaters because not a lot of people saw it. But now that every, like, almost everyone has seen it who really wanted to, I really wanted to see what people thought. And the scores aren't as high as I thought it would be, which is super surprising because of how, like, fantastic this movie is like it's it's like i don't think it's his weakest and a lot of people were saying i I was reading the comments of that terrible review because i wanted to see people agree some did some did it some was like well in my opinion it was his weakest film which i'm like 
know about that, but um, a lot of other people mentioned the sound mixing, how it's loud yeah. and it's too low, and it's like it, it, he has a certain way that he does that. And I don't, that's that's a audio is such a bitch, and I have struggled <laughs> with this forever, trying to make little teeny tiny movies and doing this podcast too. Like I struggle with audio so much, but that's that's just such a hard to me. Yeah, like at, at the very least, I'll say that this movie requires. And I say that sparingly because Steve Z, you understood it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it took it took me the second viewing before I understood exactly what was happening in the film. You know, the concept of inversion, the concept of of just or not the concept, but just everything that happened as a result of inversion. You know, it's it's a form of time travel, but it's it's Nolan's own different spin. Yeah, it's not full time travel. That's exactly, what I like about yeah. it. it's not full time travel. Like they're moving backwards, but they actually have to move backwards in real time. It's mm-hmm. not like Back to the Future where it's instantaneous. They right. actually have to be inverted and move backward, literally in time with everything else. And I would just say it, it, it might take two viewings to fully comprehend everything that's happening, or watching with subtitles and really paying attention to every everything that is said uh i hate subtitles i love, <laughs> I I love like, them like, i love I, them too i'm I, sorry i, yeah. I hate why i can't because it's distracting for me i can't mm-hmm. tear my eyes away even if i can hear everything that is being said i cannot tear my eyes away from the subtitles it's really bad because i'm not the greatest listener and i'll miss uh, i'll miss certain things and so like reading it definitely helps and for me second viewings of movies are make or break for me, the second viewing of a movie is what I honestly believe. Like the first time I saw Pirates Three, I was like, "Oh, this movie's great." The second time I saw it, I fell asleep. <laughs> so, yeah. and that was my true feelings about the movie. Yeah. Uh, but I-, I would say that this movie definitely requires a second viewing at the very least, mm-hmm. just so you can fully appreciate and understand everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just uh, I don't agree with any of the negative reviews of this film. That it's certainly not that it's his weakest movie at all. I mean, the amount of what would you say it is though? Like, I mean, I know you love film? everything, but it's like, what would you say at some point? Um, I mean, I've, I've only seen it once, and it's a good movie, but like, it's not his. It's Insomnia, which is his first movie he ever oh, made. But yeah. he didn't he didn't write that. It's a good That's movie. Like his first movie he ever made. Memento. His second movie, his his first studio movie, and like his only oh, big okay. studio movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Mento was his own. Didn't he write Insomnia? I think, or I think he, he edited. edited it, yeah, right? but it wasn't. It wasn't Nolan. His. Like it wasn't like. It was good. It's a good movie. I'm see, like, I've never seen. I always wanted to see it. it it's good, but it's not like he's had so many other thought-provoking films that I think yeah. that's the issue with it. It kind of gets lost in the shuffle. It's not bad. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. he makes a bad movie is what I'm getting across here. Yeah, no, he doesn't. <laughs> uh, to, go to, to go to your point, though, I, I think a second viewing is necessary. Oh, yeah. Even if you do get everything, uh, which isn't going to always be the case, I got lucky and I took notes. Without notes, <laughs> yeah. I'd be dead. Um, was typing profusely. But uh, even just to go back and see the stuff that you didn't, like, see fully the first time, that's replay value. Replay value is good. Mm-hmm. That's what makes Fight Club still good now. Yeah. You can go back and find small things. Yeah. And that's what makes a good movie. And this movie has that a lot. Mm-hmm. And, like, and to go back to something you said earlier, that's the whole deal with science fiction. It takes a little bit of time to fully appreciate what you're seeing. Yeah. And this movie is certainly that. 
Certainly that. And you asked me right after we saw the movie, like, you know, oh, you saw it three times. Did you notice new stuff every time? And it's like, yeah, I fucking did. Mm -hmm. And like the, the level of detail in the movie is just so great. And I mean, the final act of the movie is, I mean, is, is the best part of the mm -hmm. film. I mean, it's, it's objectively the best part of the film. My favorite part, though, is probably the whole chunk where uh, he's stealing that piece of the algorithm. The four, mm -hmm. What was it? The 450... The 421. 421 to the end when Sador lights the gas on fire. Like, that whole yeah. chunk is probably my oh, favorite yeah, yeah. part of the That's movie. Great, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just... Like, or two, love... two, was it 241? 241. 241. Yes, 241. Mm. Like, I get chills when that chick is telling him what it's going to be like to be inverted, you know? Yeah. And then she just, and then the last thing she tells him is, You are inverted. The world is not. And it's just like, man, like, <laughs> here we go. Cause you're finally going to see what it actually is like. Like, mm -hmm. my eureka moment when I finally understood what was happening the first time I saw it was the scene when he's captured and you see Sador on the other side moving backwards and you know jd washington is moving forward and then they get attacked and kenneth Branagh goes into the turnstile and then you see him from his point of view come out on the other end but then washington is moving in reverse mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like that was when i finally was like oh it was my eureka moment it was like oh so that's what it's like dude that scene oh, is so okay. tense though by the way like that whole yeah. part like especially when he keeps seeing the blood stain like on the window mm -hmm. with the bullet case and he knows that she's gonna get shot yeah it's just like yeah and there's nothing you can and, do and you keep thinking happens. and you keep thinking he's in the killer like as it looks like he, yeah. he keeps like moving her head and then he gets shoots her in the stomach which is still just as bad but like <sighs> and when you watch that when you watch tomorrow that conversation works both ways mm-hmm because you see the conversation start from Washington and he's mm -hmm. like, I don't understand what you're saying because Kenneth Branagh's at the end of the conversation. Right. Oh, yeah. But then when you see it from Branagh's con uh, uh, end, it's, it still makes sense. Right. Like, it's mm -hmm. like, I mean, it makes sense from Washington's side. He's confused. But from Branagh's side, it still makes sense. Yeah. And it's like, wow. And it's like a palindrome. Yeah. It's a conversation palindrome. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> Someone's smart. <laughs> Someone has an English degree. <laughs> did you really make it this far into the podcast? I don't believe you. But if you did, thank you so much for listening to the show. Well, if you are here listening to the outro, please like, subscribe, and follow us on our Twitter and Instagram at Never Seen It Texas. That's S C E N E and then T X. And give us some feedback or maybe even a film recommendation. We may or we may not watch it. I want to thank Stephen and Eric for joining me today. And I want to give a huge shout out to our technical producer, Rami Garza, and our social media coordinator slash stage manager, Alejandra Garza, for making this podcast possible. Well, until next time, I'll see you at the beginning, friend. <laughs>